The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth. But no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Uh, Welcome back, friends. Hope you had a good weekend. What started on Wednesday, February 8th, still going today, the 13th day of the Asbury University revival. And they had like 20,000 people in town. So they've had to change their schedule. They're changing some things around and and consulting with local law enforcement. It's a tiny little town. And when you got 20,000 people showing up, uh, it it gets a little nutty for them. So they're uh, rearranging some of their schedules and stuff. Uh, But still, it's been uh, really amazing. And then hearing some reports of different things happening on other college campuses. We all need to be praying into this, that. Uh, it would be uh, something that would break the bonds of uh, just uh, Asbury or any other a small Christian university and would go uh, out into the greater culture, in fact, around the world, of course. But, uh, boy, do we need this in America. So I've been uh, hoping that uh, I'm like, uh, surely I know somebody that's been out there. And then I saw my buddy Brian Davidson from Atlanta, and we uh, worked on the Harvest Crusade down there years ago, and he was a tremendous help and just a sweet brother in Christ. And and he went over there with his two daughters, and uh, Brian also uh, is the director of Spiritual Innovations in Whisper, which is an incredible outreach and ministry to uh, local students there in the Atlanta area. And Brian uh, got in the car, took his daughters, and went to Asbury. Brian, so good to hear from you, my friend. How are you? Well, we're wondering. Hello. I don't know if we lost him there. He's like on campus. Brian, are you there? He might be fumbling around with, uh, you know what we do these days. Hold on. I'm just seeing if they can check with him right quick. Sometimes what we do is we, with our AirPods and stuff, right? You, you like grab the phone and you're like, hey, uh, oh, it's connected to your AirPods. Where are your AirPods or whatever? It's connected to your car. You get out of your car. You go into the garage. And then the, uh, or or sometimes it'll connect and uh, it'll connect to your kid's car or whatever. And all of a sudden your phone call is going through their phone call, right? Going through their car. Let's see if we got Brian on there. Hey, my friend, are you there? Uh, I'm going to put him on hold. I'm going to try this again. This would be a total bummer, but we can try again. We can have him uh, call back and see what's the deal. Hey, Brian. Uh, yeah, no not happening uh have him try again and then we'll uh we'll jump to brian when we can they've got to get it working uh so in the meantime i wanted to talk about some things going on today as well we'll get to brian as soon as we can he's, he's available now so we'll be able to get to him uh and uh see what the, he's calling back i think so let's just drop that call we'll see if we can get through uh they're working on it over there uh, at the uh, mothership. Okay, so we'll see if we can figure that out and, and get Brian on the air. But I also wanted to talk about uh, today uh, Joe Biden's in Kiev, Ukraine, thinking he's doing some awesome thing. I think he's doing something absolutely ridiculous uh, and unnecessary. So we're going to uh, we're going to talk about that today and several other stories, things I think he should be doing. Uh, and and by the way, when it comes to the Asbury revival, if 
If you're thinking, boy, we need a, we need a revival in this country because we got to save America, then you, I said this on Friday. You got your priorities out of whack. Uh, God's priority is not the United States of America. It's, it's his kingdom. Okay, now, obviously, as his kingdom moves and it grows here in the United States of America, depending on how many people get involved and how committed they are long term, it's going to change. It's going to have an impact on the society, on a culture at large. But uh, you don't you don't pray for revival in this country in order to make America look the way you want it to look. You pray for revival in America so the church is is more a, a more beautiful bride of Christ, and you pray for revival for people's souls. Then ultimately that can affect the community. But if you're praying for revival because you want to see America more red than it is, then you're out of whack. Let's see if we can get Brian on here. Brian, are you there? Uh, nope, they're still having a problem. And you're not sending us the audio. I don't know. I I, I don't know. They're going to have to figure that out. So let, let me stay on this and uh, talk about uh, Biden for a while. And we'll see if we can get Brian here for the 430. Okay. We, he's, he's calling in. I see him on the screen, but I can't hear him. They can hear him in the studio in Winston-Salem, but I can't hear him. So they got something going on with the system there. So Biden shows up in Kiev, right? Uh, he, he did, where, what else could Biden be doing right now? Well, I don't know. He could be, he could be somewhere in Ohio. Right, where, uh, where in Ohio? Well, that would be uh, that would be Palestine in Ohio, the site of the train wreck, and 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 where they did the quote unquote controlled burn of these uh, terribly toxic materials and all kinds of issues around there. He could be there, and uh, actually, <laughs> Donald Trump's uh, planning to visit East Palestine, Palestine, however they say it. Uh, so Trump's going to go there, but Biden, no, he he goes over to Ukraine. Uh, to saber rattle a little with respect to uh, Vladimir Putin, which is not great, right? Okay, let me see if I can get Brian on here because we're coming up on a break. Hold on a second. Hey, Brian, are you there? Nope. So they've got some huge issue over there. Okay, so Biden's over there in, in Kiev, right? He could be in Ohio, but he's not. He could be at the southern border, but he's not. And he could be um, at the northern border. I just read some stories over the weekend that now we're starting to have some issues on the northern border because people are figuring out that America is open for business. And so now people are trying to route through Canada and come down that way. Well, why not? I mean, if we had a red carpet, we could just roll one out all along the north and the south. And then why not put one on the beaches up and down the east coast and one down the west coast? He could be there, but he's not. He's in Kiev with the always casually dressed uh, former comedian Zelensky. And we have given them uh, to date, and we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of this war between Russia and Ukraine, $113 billion so far. He pledged another $500 million in direct military aid today. But $113 billion so far, of which $67 billion has gone directly to arms, and then $46 billion to uh, other things. And a video just resurfaced from April of last year where Joe Biden's talking about all this help they're giving to Ukraine. And he's talking about uh, pensions and social support, something in their pocket. So your tax dollars, friend, are, are, are being used to fund pensions in Ukraine, whereas pensions here in, in North Carolina are a total train wreck. But... <laughs> Who cares about that? Who cares about our border? We need border integrity in Ukraine. 
And so he's over there, and the and the implications of that with respect to Vladimir Putin. I mean, if I were giving somebody your enemy a bunch of weapons, and they were those using those weapons to shoot you, would you think I was involved? A lot more there, and we'll keep trying, Brian. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Sorry about the little delay there, having some technical challenges with the phone line. Hopefully we're good now with my friend Brian Davidson, who's at Asbury University in Kentucky. Brian, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. <laughs> Don't call me sir. You know me better than that. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Great to hear your voice. You're, uh, yours as well. It's been way too long. And uh, so tell us kind of, uh, you know, Brian, you know, you, you've got your ear to the ground. You're very busy reaching the youth and, and a great evangelist there in Atlanta. And so, you know, you you probably knew what was going on at Asbury fairly early like I did. But how'd you get to the point where you just decided to jump in the car? I think you took your two daughters with you. What Just take us to that point that you're like, okay, we're going. And then what did you find once you got there? Well, I'm probably like you, Steve. We've been craving this and desperate for this for a long time we've been praying for this wanting to do the strategies that we know could potentially lead to this even though we have no idea when revival is going to break out so out of our hands it's a god thing i've been watching it from the beginning and just desperate to get down there and every day i'm not going i'm concerned that i may miss it even at the same time it doesn't need me there yeah to be there and uh, so we just, you know, my kids are out of school this week. They get a week off for winter break, and I wanted my oldest two to come experience with it. And we just decided I was overcoming a nasty cold, and let's get in the car and let's go. Make a road trip out of it. So uh, it was an amazing decision, incredible couple days. Um, I'm, it's just unbelievable to be in a room that you just want to just be still and mm. sit there for hours and hours and hours. Um, don't experience that very often. No. Um, I'm a go. I'm a goer like you, and um, I could have. I could have just sat there for ten hours, Steve. Wow. And because the presence of God is there, and to look around and watch the students have this incredible hunger and thirst for the manifold presence of God, nothing is quenching their thirst, and they have everything, and they're desperate, and you know desperation is what leads to action and revival right. and the action for us and the action of God's heart. So um, I'm mesmerized by their humility, the resistance they have for just to be another celebrity thing. They're just want the most authentic thing and they want to, they want to do <clears throat> what is going to bring them truly close to Jesus and not just attend another service right. and do another thing. And I would look around the room and I was just in awe the reality is I'm in awe of Jesus more than the students. Uh, the reverence and the awe in the room from his presence is, it just refreshed me. It, it changed me. Uh, it was really easy to hear the whisper of God. Yeah. Uh, really easy to connect with him and to, a lot of uh, chipping away at a lot of things in my life that I need to work on, to be honest. Um, and a lot of things just come clear. And that's what revival is, right? It just wakes you up to yeah. what. As, as the guy spoke today, uh, this is normal Christianity. Mm. This should be the norm. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be. This, we can't get over this. And he said, it'll erect for life. And 
being in the presence of God like that truly does wreck you for life and think, this is what it's meant to be. This is that. Um, and I can't imagine. I'll be honest with you. The word I wrote down was sweep. Mm. And if, and if uh, these students are so arrested by God, I would not be surprised if they crisscross the nation and every person in America rehears the gospel like they've never heard it before. Yeah, And you know that's what, where real revival, the results are. It leads to prayer preaching. Yep. leads to obedience, radical obedience. And um, But I have the hope and faith that what I see and what I experience, I want to serve these young students. And I've had a mentor, he would tell me over and over, a, a mighty prayer warrior, he said, this Gen Z is the greatest generation. Now, it's really hard to believe that at times, yep. right? Yep, sure is. <laughs> They've got some kinks. They're the, known as the depressed, anxiety generation. They're the most lonely generation ever. And he kept saying, no, this is the greatest generation. And what I've seen the last couple of days prove that he's right. I think this is a generation that's going to rise up and reinvent what normal Christianity should be like. Well, yeah, the millennials and the Gen Zs, you know, rejecting uh, uh, the institutions across the board and then go down every road that they can possibly think to travel and very much you and I have communicated a little bit, like with Jesus Revolution uh, opening nationwide this Friday. Actually, John Irwin's going to call in tomorrow. And uh, and you saw what happened back then. That was the hippie generation that was literally trying everything. They got the love thing kind of right, but they were looking for in all the wrong places. And this generation is just so broken and desperate. The digital world has given them nothing but uh, heartache and pain and isolation. When, when you first pulled on to campus, Brian, I mean, this is a school, Asbury University is only like 1,400 undergrad students, but the reports are there were like 20,000 people there over the weekend. What was, what was it like to have that many people there? And was that, was that whole environment, even outside these different sanctuaries in the main sanctuary, was it just the presence of God all over the place? I mean, that, I would imagine that was humbling to everybody. It was, and I'll be honest, it it felt different in the rooms than yeah. outside, yeah. even though you could feel the electricity in the air. It's very, it's kind of a phenomenon, right, when God shows up. Sure. Salvation is a phenomenon. You can't truly figure it out. Um, but uh, yesterday, we waited in line over four and a half hours, Steve. Oh, uh, my poor daughters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I'm vulnerable and honest, my, my you know, they we were just white. Uh, my, my poor kids, um, and uh, I, I definitely woke up when I got in there, but it was a long wait. And today oh, we got there, and the line was way longer. Oh man! Um, there's no, I'm sure people that they just weren't going to be able to get in. They were going to be waiting for for a long time, and so it's just interesting to how people's hunger for the presence of God is just disintent. Um, but I don't know if you know, but the students take up. Uh, today we went in one of the other buildings, and the presence of God was sweet too. But the students um, take up a good bit of the; um, they get the preference yeah, for the huge good. auditorium, which is yeah. awesome for them to feel like they're in leadership. Um, but definitely reminded me too that students need to own this, and the, of course they need to be equipped in truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I know you you believe in that, and I believe in that. And Absolutely. We got a bunch of matchsticks, but the matchsticks need to be directed. Um, <laughs> got a bunch of arrows and the arrows got to be directed. And, um, and that's where the generations I think come in for a revival, it's not just them leading it, but the, all the generations working together. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's been the sweet thing to see ever since. And Asbury's done a great job of communicating that, that this isn't a top down thing. 
this is the bottom up and this is the students. They're the ones that are the most desperate. And that's how it started after that service last Wednesday, the 8th. And they just stuck around. And it's really amazing to see that they've remained and, and praise God for the way Asbury's handled it, that, that they've remained kind of front and center, that they're on the main floor there. And that, you know, some of the adults and the older people like us are, are in the back or up top in the, in the areas around the top and the balcony. It's just amazing. We, we're going to hit a break here in about 25 seconds, Brian, but can you, can you spare one, a couple more minutes after the break? The break's about four minutes. I want to talk to you a little bit more about Absolutely. what you experienced inside. All right. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold. Then I'll pull you back up right on the other side of the break. Uh, and we'll get you done as soon as possible so you can go back to your dad duties. All right, bro. Hold on a second. We're going to be right back. We're talking to my friend Brian Davidson, who's there at Asbury. And uh, I'll bring up Isaiah when we come back because Isaiah, when he was caught up into the throne room, was absolutely shocked and blown away by what? His own sin in the face of God's holiness. I am a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst a people of unclean lips. Man, that conviction falls. And like Brian said, we all have a lot of work to do. We'll be right back. Yeah, don't we all? Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, talking about the Asbury University revival. It started at a service last week, Wednesday, February 8th, still going today. Today's the 13th today. They are changing the schedule a little bit. They had 20,000 people descending on this town. The school is only 1,400 people, okay, and the town's not very big there in Kentucky. And so they're changing their schedule, just trying to give preference to the young people that are there on campus. Uh, and, and, you know, you got local law enforcement and local people that are there, and you got to be, you got to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, but then uh, just praise the Lord. I saw the other day that my friend Brian Davidson from Atlanta was there. He's the director of spiritual innovations and whisper, which is an incredible uh, outreach to youth. And so Brian, I, I know you, as soon as I saw you were going there, I knew that, you know, God has given you a burden for a long time for these young people. And you've been pursuing that there in Atlanta, but to come up here and see this, and especially with all these young people, it's got to be incredibly gratifying for you personally. It definitely is. It can't get any better than this for me. I just want to go back to the school and have conversations with students for hours. Yeah. Just wish I had more time to engage them. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, uh, what's been, what's been that that like just in terms of, has there been much conversation? Cause it doesn't seem like people are like, this is a social event. I mean, even with thousands of people outside and they were, they were, you know, had screens up and they're piping the the sound outside. The people seem to be just pretty, pretty much focused on worshiping the Lord. They do. And you're, you feel like Jesus is right beside you, mm. which we should feel like that more often. But sure. His presence is, is tangible, and I think God is just working on hearts in the room and changing. And um, He's changing lives. One one guy shared that uh, it's one of the professors. He said that it's like students were on drinking milk, and like in a day they're eating meat. They're yeah, just being wow. transformed so quickly. Um, and it just goes to that line of like, in one moment is like a decade or a lifetime. The power of God can change somebody in a moment. Those students will never get over what they're experiencing this week. And that's, that's what's going to be, I think, some of the sweetest fruit. You could just see the fire in their eyes. There, yeah. there are a bunch of students that you and I, Steve, would just, <laughs> a fulfilled life would be to hang out with them every day, right? <laughs> they're just on fire. Yeah. <laughs> They're ignited, and uh, and it's just for guys like you and I. It's just like, oh, this is going to be fun. What's <laughs> what's this going to turn into? Yeah, uh, making disciples and pouring into the next generation. 
helping them really penetrate the culture and all the mountains and all the media and everything. I think God is priming them just right to do it in a whole new way. I think, you know, this is one of those moments where Christianity could change as God renovates with culture. Um, and because I think these students, they look emboldened. And they were, they were just, it was just them and Jesus. Obviously, I think some of them were taking videos, pictures, just because they just want to share it, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. They want people to see this. Right. And, yeah, and that's that's been my hope, and I, we all need to continue to pray into this. And, I, and I'll, I'll I'll get to that and ask you about that. How do you think we should pray into this, Brian? But but you know that lasting fruit, and you sit there and go, well, you know, I wish it would go nationwide. Well, so do I. And it is there's some things going on at other college campuses. So just continue to pray and have faith. We know that God can do this. The only question is, is it the right time for Him and His providence? And, and but we need to pray into that. But again, even if it doesn't. <clears throat> with all the kids that are there and all the people that have come there and all the other students that are watching this, hey, listen, you know, Brian, you, God's using you to have an, an amazing impact down in Atlanta. You're just one dude. And then, you know, this Yahoo up here, me, the presently speaking, <laughs> to the former house yeah. painter and all the things that God can do with one person. Uh, that's why you don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't grab a calculator as quickly as I used to because God is a force multiplier himself. So... But we need to pray into that. And a lot of people, have you been uh, frustrated? I haven't been surprised at all, a little frustrated with, with uh, there's, you know, a decent amount of yeah. naysayers online going, oh, it, it's this, it's that. They've, you know, this goofball showed up, blah, 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 blah. How, how, have you, how have you reacted to that? You know, I'll be honest, like, you just can't understand God sometimes, right? He's yeah. so beyond us. Yeah. And there was preaching last night. There was bold preaching multiple throughout the night. Um, great preaching. So the Word's getting preached. Um, I love the emphasis on the Holy Spirit, the Spirit-filled life, and Mm -hmm. what I think students are experiencing is the fruits of the Spirit. Um, And we all need more of that. I know as a dad, I need more of that. We say, and what I do, a whisper, change. In order to change the culture, we got to change the conversation. Well, that starts with me at home, and that's that's not easy. Mm -hmm. There's the shout way and the whisper way. I think the Book of Acts is the whisper way. And it's just, you wait on God, and God moves, and then you go, um, and he's ready to He's ready to pour out instead of just throwing, you know, it, it, letting him lead it and being strategic. You know, when we did Harvest, that was a whisper way. It didn't just happen overnight, right? Right, that's right. That <laughs> well, definitely did not years. happen overnight. A couple yep. of years. you got to be strategic. And, that's right. Uh, I, I would think the Holy Spirit is strategic right now. Who knows what's going to happen, right? We don't well, the know. thing you mentioned, and but, when we went into the last break, Brian, you mentioned even for you personally, and I do want to ask you about how this, uh, what you've seen with your two daughters, 12 and 10. But for you personally, yeah. it's, you know, you, you get in the presence of the Lord, and that's why I referenced Isaiah uh, in the throne room. And, you know, and he's, you know, woe is me. He's not looking around so much. He's just realizing how uh, holy he is not. Uh, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. And I think yeah. that's probably I, if I would if I walked in there, I think that that the the amount of conviction that I would experience in the presence of God like that would be overwhelming. But you you alluded to that 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 hit you the same way. Yeah, it did. And, and if anything, that's what I want my kids to see is that I'm changing. You know, and mm, yeah. if anything, I would say to parents, myself, all of us is can't stop changing. Let God. That's repentance. That's the Christian lifestyle. And 
I can't wait for the conversations on the way home. And obviously, mm-hmm. I can't force this stuff down my kids. If I could, sure. that, uh, my two, my three-year-old would be a believer right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Amen. It would be That's make right. my life easier. But, you know, I just need to carefully nurture them and let them experience things and have those conversations with them and love on them. And um, I think this, our students today, that's what they need. They need they, We need to change the conversation. That's right. Um, they well, they're spending so much time. The yeah. They're not having conversations. No, and they're spending <laughs> so much time on worthless things, as the Scripture would say, and they're not having meaningful conversations, right. losing the ability to do that because of their opposable thumbs and that smartphone in their hands. What's it been like for your right. daughters to experience this, Brian? What, what have you seen? What have they said? Well, like I said, it was real tiring last night. Oh, man. We drove from Atlanta um, just being vulnerable, right? <laughs> um, I, you know, out. I think there's just a lot to unpack. I'm, I'm being more careful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's different. It's new. I think right now they're in the the, the adventure with Dad, yeah. having connection with me. And, you know, it's a big part of our kids' life is the connection with their parents. That's and, right. Um, and just seeing, uh, I, I think it's, Think about it at their age to experience these things. It's, it's unique. It's different. Oh, yeah. oh it leaves a mark. <laughs> no, yeah, they're uh, going to have this memory for the rest of their lives, Brian, and we know that uh, right. God will bring fruit yeah. out of that. How, how would you suggest that we here, the rest of us on the outside, uh, how should we take this and, and move with it in our own sphere in terms of prayer and maybe in our own lives? I think it's just a reminder that God wants to show up like this in all of our lives. Mm. And now is the time to get on our knees and authentically humble ourselves before God and just say, God, make room. Uh, we want to make room for you to do whatever you want. Um, I think potentially he's on the move with the move, the Jesus revolution coming out. Yeah. The timing is impeccable. You crazy. Know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I can't even, I know you'll talk about that tomorrow, but this is one of those moments that you don't want to miss. And the reality is, in 2020, 73% of all of Gen Z said they feel alone. And 10 years before that, it was only 27% of seniors. Wow. We have a crisis, yes. and we've got we've to pour into them and believe in them, truly believe that they can lead a revival, but they need, to, they need us to walk with them with humility yeah. and, and love and truth. And teach them how to how to walk in truth and not fall in the shame and condemnation and the anxiety right. and the fear and the guilt that is just destroying students' lives like never before. They need the truth and they need That's they right. need this. They need to be they need this to wake them up so they have that hunger for the truth. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah. And, uh, we have to play Paul's role and they're Timothy, and then they, we all need to get engaged. Brian, yeah. I'm up against the break, but. I love you, my friend. I'm so, I'm uh, I miss seeing you, and thank you so much for being a part you of the too. show today. All right, bro. We'll talk later. Hey, thanks for all you do. Love you, buddy. You're welcome. Bye. You too. Bye. We'll be right back. Uh, and so that was Brian Davidson again. He drove up there from Atlanta. Could you imagine that? You just hop in your car and drive up there with this 12 year old and this 10 year old daughter, and they're wiped out. But you know, he'll unpack this on the way home. But they'll probably be sleeping the whole time. But that's the thing. You don't you don't know what's going on all the time, and so you need to. Uh, just sow seeds and trust, and this will be a marker for them. Like my kids have all been to Harvest Crusades, and they've all seen literally thousands and thousands of people come forward to make a profession of faith. Thousands and thousands of people walking down out of the stands to come hopefully be born again. 
and they've seen it. They've seen God move at that level and uh, personally. And, you know, that's what's going to happen with Brian's daughters. This will carry on for the rest of their lives. What do we do with it? Where do we go from here? We'll talk about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. It was great to talk to my buddy Brian Davidson, who's been there at uh, Asbury University the last couple days. And really, you could hear it in his voice. He's just blown away by what he's seen and experienced personally and what he's seeing there and the crowds that have come out to Asbury University, that tiny little town in Kentucky. And uh, he's all about the youth. And, boy, the youth need it. But like he said, we, we come along. This is a, a huge call in my life at, at this point is to come alongside the youth who need uh, to be taught the truth. They need to be encouraged and brought along. And that's our job as Paul's to that Timothy, right? So uh, I would challenge all of us, every one of you, do you have any youth whatsoever that you're speaking into? And if you're 70, then youth to you might be a 45-year-old. That's fine. But if you can reach down into your grandchildren's age, even better, because like Brian was saying, the Gen Z man is a train wreck. I did half the show last week. I think it was on Wednesday talking about the CDC study that came out that just showed what a nightmare it is. I mean, for teen girls, especially teen boys, it's gotten worse over the last 10 years, but teen girls, I mean, 38% increase in the last 10 years in um, suicidal ideation in thinking about it and even planning it. Suicide itself is up, uh, I think, 25% in the last 10 years, but thinking about it, even planning it up 38%, I mean, it's a nightmare. And that generation, hey, just make it all up as you go along, uh, get more followers, get more likes, and everything will be fine. And you can't keep up with all with the with the slight tiny little slice of people that have a big presence online, social media, TikTok, or whatever, who are uh, that appear to be beautiful and fabulous and wealthy, and they're making a bunch of money online. And there you are, you, you, loser. You're a loser. That's what the whole world's telling you. That's what Satan's telling you. And, uh, and that's just a train wreck. And so, like Brian said, they're, they're desperate. They're the loneliest generation. They actually have that title now. Uh, but to that one, Brian's mentor said, actually, this could be the greatest generation. And spiritually speaking, and wouldn't that be awesome? So I think we all need to continue to pray into this, that it would spread out from there and that the lives that have been affected that are there will have lasting fruit. Because you don't know what, what can happen there. <clears throat> you know, how did Jesus start? Himself and 12 guys, one of which was a bad apple but necessary. So 11 guys, and that got to you. Somehow, 2,000 years later, it got to you, right? So we need to have uh, faith like a mustard seed, and then anything is possible. So that's really awesome. Encourage to hear that. But they are changing the schedule there and really just going to be focusing on the president of the university put out a, a, a video, and he spoke at the, the chapel, and then uh, put it on their website. And he just said, the concluding public worship service of this recent outpouring on the Asbury University campus will be Monday, February 20th at 2 p.m. That's today. Beginning Tuesday, tomorrow, February 21st, services available to the public will be held at another location in the central Kentucky area. Asbury will host evening services for college age and high school students, 25 and under, through Thursday. Earlier this afternoon, the university, in consultation with local law enforcement and city administration, notified incoming visitors that parking and seating had exceeded uh, at capacity, Asbury will live stream limited portions of services at their website, asbury.edu, through Thursday, February 23rd. And so, you know, some people, oh, you're shutting it down. No, no you're not. <laughs> if you think you can shut down a move of God, you got another thing coming. 
But let's make sure we're all praying into that and uh, and just hoping for the best. And again, turn that inward. Go look in a mirror before you go to bed tonight and ask the Lord to revive you. What does he need to do in your life? Could we all be doing more for the kingdom? The answer to that is always yes, but maybe it's just a special moment. Let's pray for the youth because they're a train wreck in this country. And I spend a lot of time with young people every week in the classes that I teach. And and I see it and, and they're unsure and they don't, they don't have great theology. They're all growing up in, in good Christian homes, but they're not ready. And I think that they're struggling. And so let's uh, all do our parts, not the least of which would be in prayer. A couple more thoughts on this Biden thing. He goes to Kiev when he should have gone to Ohio, the southern border, the northern border. We've given $67 billion worth of arms to Ukraine. And, and he's there basically showing up on, on Putin's uh, doorstep. And, of course, you don't want Putin to take Ukraine because that's kind of a doorway into NATO. But it also gives him a lot of control of some precious resources over there. But how much do we deny what's going on in our own country for what's happening over there? And Biden's showing up on President's Day, which is not like, oh, that's today's President's Day. I mean, President Zelensky, President Biden, yippity ki What I mean, what is that, a photo op? And so if if I was listening to Clay Travis earlier today and it, it made a great point if if let's let's switch let's switch roles here let's say we're we're Russia and somebody some other country is attacking us and the country that's attacking us a good 50% of everything they're using to kill our men and they've had I think 60,000 Russian soldiers dead and I'm not making any excuses Putin's a madman uh 60,000 dead 200,000 injured but about half the stuff that's causing that is coming from this other country. In this case, uh, it's us supplying Ukraine and it's Ukrainian fingers pulling the trigger, but they're still killing Russians. So from Putin's perspective, as much of a madman as he is, as satanic as he is, uh, w- wouldn't you look at, if it were us in some other country who were supplying an enemy of ours, wouldn't you kind of say, hey, look, this sound, this, I think this is a two-front war right now. You're supplying our the guys that, actually throwing this stuff at us, but they'd have not much to throw at us if it weren't for you. So is America in a proxy war with Russia right now? Yes, we are. And Biden showing up at Russia's doorstep with Zelensky to basically saber rattle like you're some bad dude from Delaware is just ridiculous. It's stupid. It's irresponsible. And, and, and they take steps like this. China's watching. Taiwan's on the on the on the horizon. This is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. So that's, that's another thing for us to be praying for. Uh, Biden shouldn't be over there. He should be over here dealing with our own nightmares. And and the, you know before they said, "Oh, we're not going to send tanks," and they sent tanks. We're not going to send some of our greatest fighters, but they're going to send fighters. And then uh, we're never going to send our boys in blue. We're never going to send our boys in uniform, right? Which is exactly what the president of the United States said uh, before um, Pearl Harbor. I said it before. He said it twice. I said it before. I'll say it again. We're not sending any of our boys over there to Europe. And then Pearl Harbor happens, and then. We, we we pull up like 16 million of boys, 400,000 of them die, and that's what can happen. And so it's just, but it, it's, it's good for business. War is good for business. War is good for taking your mind off of what's going on here in your own country. I mean, the whole thing's a mess. But Trump's going to East Palestine in Ohio. 
That's good. I appreciate that. Get more attention there. Put some heat on the feds. DeSantis just started a pro-police tour in New York, Philadelphia, and Chicago. That should tell you something. So he's out there doing that. This was interesting. Soros uh, fears DeSantis. Uh, He said, my hope for 2024 is that Trump and Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination. Trump has turned into a pitiful figure, continually bemoaning his loss in 2020. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious, he said. Soros. He's un- he's, he is likely to be the Republican candidate. This can induce Trump, whose narcissism has turned into a disease, to run as a third-party candidate. That would lead to a Democratic landslide and force the Republican Party to reform itself. But perhaps I am maybe just a little bit biased, George Soros said. Now, here's what would get nutty. If Trump were crazy enough to do that and start a third party, which would hand the White House back to Biden, assuming Biden's the, the one that gets the nomination— then I bet you Soros would figure out a way to pour some money into Trump's campaign because he would love to see that happen. I'd like to think Trump is smart enough that he wouldn't do that, but his narcissism is significant, so we'll see. This is just ridiculous. Here's another one. (laughs) This is sick. Senator, which I know I sound sick, but hopefully pray for me because I need to be healthy in a week before we head out to San Francisco for for our son's wedding. John Fetterman. Right? The Democrat from Pennsylvania just got into the Senate. The guy should have never been in the race in the first place. Had a massive stroke last year in May. He couldn't, couldn't hardly do, couldn't speak hardly, couldn't listen well. So they had to put everything on a teleprompter. Then he was in the hospital for a couple of days last week. And now he's, this is in an article in the Daily Wire, set to miss weeks of work after checking himself into a hospital this week for severe depression. NBC News reporter Dasha Burns tweeted, a senior aide to Senator Fetterman tells me he will likely be in inpatient, in inpatient care for clinical depression for a few weeks. A few weeks. But here's the deal. This flows right into what I've said for a couple of years now as a result of COVID especially. Is that ideology trumps reality. It doesn't matter how sick and messed up Fetterman is. The Democrat Party, the facts of that case were irrelevant. The only thing that mattered was power. Get him in. You can control him. You can control the seat. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter that you're basically using a guy, a stroke victim, who's now clinical depression. The guy should not be in Washington, D.C. He should be at home getting care. But who cares? That's the thing about the Democrat Party and the progressive is they say they care about the little guy. No, they don't. Everybody's just Lego to them. Something they use to build their own kingdom. So with Fetterman and then with Biden, you think it matters ultimately if Joe Biden running for president at 82 years of age, you think he's bad now, give it another two years. And they can't hide him in a closet this time. He's going to have to come out and it's just going to get nuttier and nuttier. But, you know, hey, at least it's one of our guys in the White House. It's it's really sick and depressing. That's the state of the nation that we live in, which requires our prayers, our tears, our lament. Which is why we need to pray into what God's been doing at Asbury. Pray it spreads. Because the next generation, we're dumping a whole load of nightmare on those guys, these young people. They don't even know it's coming. And we don't care as a nation. So let's pray for God to just do some miraculous, powerful things amongst the youth. Here in America, we'll be back tomorrow. Alan Hahn from Iron Academy and then John Irwin, the director of Jesus Revolution, will be on at the end of the show tomorrow. Talking about timing and uh, what God's doing and what he's going to do starting this Friday. Another program powered by the Truth Network.